All right, let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Wolverine Wrestling Report. Today, I'm joined by Eric Olanowski, who wrestled at Michigan State, uh, is now the uh, media manager at United World Wrestling, has done some really cool interviews there. He also uh, does the BTN broadcast for some of the Michigan State duels. Eric, good to have you. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, we're here to preview the Michigan against Michigan State duel this Friday. Um, it's, it's obviously been a weird season, but it feels like we've kind of done all right with it, and we're finally getting to the end of the regular season. So how, do you, how did you think about college wrestling in general and Michigan State's team going into this year? I thought this was going to be a big year for Michigan State, especially with Chase Aldade coming in. You had Rayvon Foley returning. You had Cam Caffey returning after an incredible year. Uh, and it's, to me, lived up to the expectations. Uh, for example, with when you look at Chase Aldade, he's, you know, he was one of the top guys in the country coming out last year, arguably pound for pound, top three. But... He's going to take his licks. This is the Big Ten, right? You're, it's going to take some adjustment, and this free year is going to do wonders for him. Uh, he's coming off a loss, but I think overall uh, he's shown that he has what it takes to wrestle at the Big Ten level, um, and especially on the mat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then how, uh, how do you think the season's gone for the Spartans this year? It's been up and down. I know that there has been... Some holes that they would have liked to see more production coming from. Uh, when you look at 33, 41, uh, those are areas where they have to grow next year moving into the 2021-22 season. Uh, it, and just looking back to the Purdue duel, uh, they didn't pick up a takedown 33, 41, 49. And if you want to compete in the Big Ten, offense is key. And if you can't get to your shot can't get to your takedown, it's going to be tough to compete. So these young guys are going to have to use this year as a stepping stone and try and learn as much as possible as they can. And just, it's one of those years, I you hate to say it's a throwaway year uh, and it doesn't matter, but it there there's a lot that's going to go into it, right? Some of these guys have five matches. You'll never experience this again. Some of these guys have had to take weeks off. They'll never have to experience that again. It's just going to have to be a learning experience moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's definitely been some um, some signs of encouragement, but it's also been, you know, especially if you're a, uh, a, a big fan, someone who follows it a little more closely, I can see it being rough. Some of these weeks there haven't been a ton of wins, haven't been a ton of points. Yeah, and I mean, for me, when... Yeah, I wrestled at Michigan State, so we have a, a group chain of 15 guys that are on a WhatsApp group, and we just go back and forth talking about some areas of improvement. And somebody said the other the other week, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And that's hopefully these guys are using this as uh, something to grow on. It's, I mean, how many guys will just use... Uh, uh, blanket on his name from he actually is from michigan but uh wrestled at mason high school connor utsi sorry so connor Mm -hmm. utsi right connor utsi would come in 15 and 15 to the ncaa championships and go all american back to back Mm -hmm. years it's like it's henry cejudo said no tournament really matters until it's the one that you're setting your goals for so hopefully these goals that these guys have on Michigan State are NCAA championship goals, and they're not looking to win one or two duels and hang their hat on that. Hopefully they're looking to become NCAA champions, NCAA All-Americans, uh, and end on a high note. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think some of your guys definitely have uh, the potential to do that. What was your uh, thoughts going into the year on Michigan, the, um, the, the kind of lineup it looked like Michigan was going to send out and the talk about Michigan being a trophy contender? I was extremely impressed, uh, and I was really looking forward to what, how they would stack up against the likes of Penn State and Iowa because anytime you have two Olympians on a team, and most guys don't wrestle with an Olympian through their career. Some of these Michigan guys 
are wrestling with two Olympians on the same team, same year. So hopefully, I, I thought that that would raise the bar for these guys, seeing what they were working out with every single day. These guys have higher aspirations, and it's not just NCAA titles. They, Michich and Amin both have a shot at becoming Olympic medalists. I really do believe that Michich has one of the best shots to win an Olympic gold medal. Uh, you look at that weight class, and I think it's wide open. Amin, on the other hand, has a tall task in David Taylor and Hassan Yazdani. But either way, this Michigan team was set up for success. And really, it's just navigating the year, trying to stay confident, and making sure you understand that there are going to be bumps in the road, but staying on course is going to be key. And to this point, I think they have lived up to it. I know that the Penn State duel was kind of a step back for them, but that's sometimes that's what you need going into that. A loss is sometimes more beneficial than a win, and we're going to find out how much that loss meant to the Wolverines coming up this weekend against the Spartans. Mm-hmm. And let's get into that duel now. Um, so starting at 125, uh, we we don't know for sure, but uh, Michigan did release a list of probables. It looks like Jack Medley taking on Rayvon Foley. How do you see that one going? Yeah, I think it's going to be a good match. I absolutely love Jack Medley's mentality. I think he has grown leaps and bounds since he last wrestled Rayvon Foley at the EMU, EMU Open in 2018. Uh, but Rayvon Foley, watching him during the Purdue match, I wanted to see him really attack both sides of the body, uh, get to his swing singles, get to his high crotches, and not only get there, but finish him. Uh, and then from there, it was how is he going to be uh, with his mat wrestling? You, you see his shoulder is taped up, his mm-hmm. knees are taped up. He's just he's banged up all around. So... To see the knee pad come off, to see him really just go out there and wrestle like the Rayvon Foley we saw two years ago when he All-American finishing in seventh place, uh, I think he's starting to get back to the Rayvon Foley that we saw a couple years ago. I really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the way he's progressed. Um, you know, from the the skills he showed in high school, where you know he was obviously good, but I thought would really struggle transitioning to college. You know, did pretty well. His freshman year, sophomore year, he finishes seventh. And even that year, it seemed like he was banged up a little bit, the way he was limping around the mat at, uh, at Big Tens. I was really impressed with just his toughness to place that year. Yeah, he's a guy that he understood coming in where he needed to improve. And to him, it was in that top position. And I know Coach Roger Chandler, he emphasizes how important mat wrestling is in college wrestling. And I keep saying it the big 10 is like it's a different animal and he's you're gonna take your bumps and he did but I think back a lot when I think of Rayvon Foley I think about that match that he had with Spencer Lee at the big 10 championships that one year and Mm -hmm. everybody was terrified of Spencer Lee everyone was running from him nobody wanted to wrestle a full seven minutes but I learned a lot about Rayvon Foley at the Big Ten Championships in East Lansing. When I saw him go out there and put, you know, put everything behind him and just wrestle the match and not the ranking, wrestle the match and not the singlet, and he went on to do great things. And for him, yeah, just staying healthy is going to be key, especially with these heading on into later in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this matchup's kind of interesting because they're, they're actually, I think, fairly similar wrestlers. They both score a lot on go-behinds. They both don't seem that dangerous on top, but then they'll end up eating a lot of time just staying behind the arms. But it, it seems like Rayvon's just a little bit uh, more offensive. He's going to get to the legs a lot more. Um, he, he's better with, with his finishing when he does get there. He's probably got the advantage here. Yeah, I think... I think he's going to come out on top. It, I think it will be a close one. Uh, right now, he's 2-0 in duels against Michigan wrestlers and 6-1 and all time. Uh, but I don't see him mm-hmm. picking up a loss here. Uh, how would you see this? So Dylan Ragazin, uh, I'm not sure what the deal is, but he's listed as a potential starter at 133. He weighed in light. 
against Penn State at 33, which suggests maybe he wants to get back down to 25. How would you see a match uh, between those two going? I think Foley comes out on top mm -hmm. uh, for either of these guys. It, it's all de dependent on if Micic is back. I know that he's been banged up uh, for a good portion of the season, and they're placing the highest priority on the Olympic Games. So they don't want to chance anything, uh, although there's been some rumblings that he could come out, wrestle either the Big Ten Championships and NCAA Championships, uh, but I just don't see him coming in the lineup just to wrestle Jordan Hamden. So, uh, yeah, I yeah, think he'll Radisson, probably be at 133 for this meet. Yeah, sorry, that'll be at 133, but I just, I don't, if, if Micic was healthier, I would say that Ragason would go, that, that they could switch Medley and mm -hmm. Ragason, but I think it's just going to be Ragason at 33. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so then if Ragason is to wrestle Hamden, how do you see that match going? Yeah, I, I, I would give it to Ragason, a uh, close one, another one. Uh, Hamden, just looking at his production uh, from last weekend, uh, started off hot, but just a few mental mistakes that you see, uh, that you don't see from upperclassmen. So it's just, it was really, his youth really showed in that match against Purdue, uh, but yeah, you mentioned Ragusin being small, but this could be one of those matches mm -hmm. that are going to be one or two points. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Hamden seems like um, one of kind of a few spots in the lineup where Michigan State doesn't have any really experienced guys. It's a choice between you know two or three underclassmen, and it's a weight where you know a little bit further down the line, you guys will be more solid. Yeah, and he has, when when you look back, I believe he was a four-time state champion at Hudson High School. I know he won at least three. Could have been a four-timer. Um, but, so he has that high-level experience. It's just, for him, he he's not pulling the trigger mm -hmm. and looking to finish his shots. He's looking to get to the leg, but he's not coming up to his feet. He's not looking to finish with force it's more just to get the referee off his back and the confidence will come once you start picking up a couple takedowns here and there uh, it's it's gonna change his style of wrestling once he picks up that confidence but like i said it's not there yet mm -hmm. yeah so then at 141 uh michigan will have drew matten uh for michigan state that's been a bit of a revolving door who do you think it'll be on friday that's a that's another tough one. Thirty three and forty one are kind of those question marks. And Jaden Enriquez went against Purdue, uh, and it's it, it's a toss up. I would say Enriquez as of now, and there's there's really no science behind it. It's a flip a coin. Whoever, uh, you know, whoever they feel at that day, or whoever they feel has the best opportunity against Matten, but. With Matt coming up from 25, Jaden Enriquez is extremely dangerous in the upper body situation and position. So uh, when you're wrestling a smaller guy, uh, I, I would say that Enriquez, just because of how dangerous he is with those over-unders. That makes sense. You're just going for the upside. Yeah. at the, Really, when you take into account Big Ten C, does it matter at this point? You can't keep switching if Big Ten seeds matter. And for Enriquez, I, at this point, I would say I think they're going to roll with him, but I they'll use this duel as one of those feeling out. If Enriquez does well, I'm sure that they'll toss him in for the Big Ten championships. If not, then they'll have a wrestle-off mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks to determine the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Matt Santos does have a win over Dylan D'Amelio, who could end up being the guy for Ohio State. So that's maybe an interesting decision to have to make. Yeah, and that's one of them that where you, when you see Santos and when you see Enriquez wrestle, they're two different style of wrestlers. So right. Matt Santos, and to be honest, last year I thought Santos was, he was one of those guys that they were high on and he was... 
one of the most improved guys on the team. And I, I was expecting him to be the guy all year at 41, but it's it, it's one of those things where you, we could guess and continue to guess, but it's what goes on in the room and it's what they see, mm-hmm. you know, against each other that they're really gauging this stuff on. So I, I like what Santos has to offer, but they're not throwing him out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a tough year to have a lineup battle in where you just don't get as many opportunities to compete always. Yeah, yeah, five five matches isn't five six matches is not a lot to go off of, and these wrestlers have to adjust, but the coaches do as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one forty nine, I think, is a, a clearer picture. It'll be Cannon Store for Michigan taking on Peyton Omania. What can you tell us about that one? Yeah, Peyton Omania is, of course, the Greco Roman Junior World Medalist from Estonia last year 2019 um and while while we're talking about Peyton we should say that coach Halverson his longtime coach passed away this morning uh so rest in peace to coach Halverson uh and I don't know if that's going to play a factor into Peyton wrestling uh because coach Halverson was like a father to Peyton and if he doesn't go, I understand it. If he does go, I think there's going to be a different fire brewing. It's one of those matches where you look back and you say, Coach Alverson was with him on the mat. Mm-hmm. you know. But Caden Storr, he's one of those guys that has a gas tank and he likes to go right from up the road in Leslie, Michigan. So I'm sure that he'll get to see his family prior to the duel, after the duel. Uh, he's got a lot to wrestle for, but yeah, this is this is one of those where Kanan Store has to be careful of going upper body. If Peyton Amania does wrestle, uh, first off, he has to work on getting out from the mat wrestling. Anytime you're talking about a Greco guy, the first thing you're going to say is make sure that guy gets off bottom or he has the ability to ride on top. Uh, Peyton can float. Uh, he's had some trouble getting off bottom, and Kanan Store is a guy that will ride you like a circus donkey. So I I think Kanan had I'll give Kanan this one. Uh but like I said, it could be a different Peyton wrestling here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does seem like it's it's one of those that on paper looks like a, a pretty wide golf between them. Stored uh generally in the top ten in the rankings, just about everywhere and Omania's had a few kind of questionable losses. You think, oh, this is pretty one-sided. But it's it's a dangerous one, I think, if you're a Michigan fan, one you've got to watch out for. Yeah, and I, up to this point, I would say if you're looking outside of Rayvon Foley, I mean, Peyton from 125, 33, 41, 49 would probably have the second best shot at picking up a win after Rayvon Foley. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to 157. Uh, this is, I think, going to be a good one. Will Lewan from Michigan taking on Chase Aldate. How do you see that playing out? I'll tell you what. I was looking at Lewan's record, and he has 44 college matches, 21 of those coming by either two or less points. Uh, and Saldate is another guy who likes to wrestle in close matches. The reason being, he can pick up a takedown and he can ride you for days. So you're not going to see a lot from either of these guys. So I, I'm guessing that it's going to be one of those extremely close matches that come down to overtime, double overtime, triple overtime. Uh, but the thing for me with Saldade, once he's a true freshman. And he's wrestling some of the toughest competition in the country. And he took on Kendall Coleman, who from Purdue last week, who at the time was ranked seventh. I'm not sure what he's ranked now, but uh, Saldade shut it down. He it took the lead with a minute left and then shut it down with a minute to go and gave up two takedowns to lose the match 6-4. And that has to be a learning experience from him. I'm glad that he's wrestling Le- Will Lewan directly after that match because there were... There were learning lessons that he has to grow from. 
When you take a lead against a top 10 guy in the country, you cannot afford to shut it down with a minute left. You have to continue to wrestle and look to get to your offense. You can't go in defensive mode and put on those backup those backup lights. So if you're going to be in a close match, no person better to wrestle than Will Lewan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely seemed like one of those kind of freshman experiences. You know, he gets the takedown. The whole bench is going crazy, and you could see him kind of think, all right, there, I've done it. You know, I've got him. And then, uh, you know, Coleman gets to his feet, and then he starts coming. He's, he's able to kind of string three, four attacks together, get you moving uh, side to side, get you moving up and down. He got a takedown. Uh, and it, it looked like it kind of took the life out of Saldate a little bit. Yeah, once again, the the conditioning, having five to ten matches. Yeah. It's it's still and, – and you can't expect these guys to be – it's going to be March in a couple of weeks. Right. These guys we're, should uh, we're be four in, weeks from the national tournament. Yeah, these guys should be in peak shape, but still – Think about Michigan. They had to take those two weeks off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I think completely... Luan really suffered from those two weeks off. Yeah, it, it 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 takes, and I'm not sure what their training regiment was while those two weeks were off. Of course, you can't practice at the Cliff Keen, or excuse me, at the Bana training facility. But what were they able to do? Mm-hmm. How were they able to get it done? That's it's something. That I don't have the answer for, uh, but I'm curious to find out what they were able to get done during those two weeks. Yeah, because it, Lawan looked like he hurt a little bit. Yeah, he um, he's kind of I feel like got some of the opposite problems uh, of Saldate, where Lawan is just a little bit rigid sometimes. He's very kind of straight ahead. He doesn't change direction all that well. It doesn't change level enough. Uh, and it, it seemed like he was. Like he said about some of the other guys, he when he did shoot, which was not enough, he was just shooting to hang on. Yeah, and, more more one of those things get the referee off your back, mm-hmm. not really to. Yeah, well, it it just seemed like he he was trying to get to his tie, and he felt like that was good enough. That well, I'm I'm winning the tie up, I've got him, and he wasn't doing a whole lot with it. And hopefully, that's something he he just needs kind of more mat time to get to kind of loosen up a little bit. Yeah. But um, I'm definitely interested in seeing that one. Moving on to 165, also I think a pretty good match. Uh, Cam Amin from Michigan against probably Jake Tucker from Michigan State. Yeah, I would say Tucker's going. And he's he's one of those guys that is right on the cusp of breaking through. I, I've been saying it for years. He's He's somebody that is right there. He should... Be at the NCAA championships two years ago. He should have been there last year. He finally broke through, but it's with it being canceled. I don't believe that he actually had the opportunity to wrestle at the NCAA championships. But yeah, he's he's dangerous. How many times are you going to hear this? He's dangerous from bottom. We'll say that he puts guys in weird positions, and and Camamine is one of those. He's a young guy, but I think. With his him wrestling at DCC and having Coach Hancock and Coach Biondo, all those guys there, uh, he's been in more of a college-style program for a lot longer than a lot of these guys have. So he understands the how to float on top. And Jake Tucker has been catching guys for years who just relax and who, who are – only looking to build riding time, and I don't think Cam Amin is one of those guys that looks to build riding time. I think he's looking to put points on the board. Uh, but yeah, this could be. This is one of my my go to matches. The one if I was to look at these, and I would pick one ninety seven to be a match to watch, but one sixty five with Amin and Tucker is the one that I'm really looking forward to seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought Tucker wrestled really well last week against uh, Ninehouse from Purdue. Uh, got got to his single leg late, was able to finish. They they got into a, like a weird position. And he just put a boot in, and was able to kind of. I don't remember exactly how it happened, but everything is is that going to work? And then it worked. Yeah, 
I don't even think he realized it was going to work. The coaches were screaming for two, but they were right by the Purdue bench, so everyone was going crazy. But, yeah, he somehow found a way to get his hips on top. And that's – he's he is unconventional. There were multiple times where I was in awe because Ninehouse got in deep on several mm-hmm. shots, and it's almost like – it's always, coaches will tell you to get your hips back and get your shoelaces on the mat, but for Jake Tucker, that's that's not what he likes to do. He's one of those guys that you – he's not a conventional wrestler, so you can't coach him like that. He's one of those guys that loves being in those funky situations, and he's like a gyroscope. He just understands where his hips are at mm-hmm. all times, whether he looks like he's in bad position or he's in bad position. He'll find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like Michigan State has a few guys from – really from – 65 here all the way up to Caffey at 97 who are really good from both sides of those positions especially like the crackdown position um you know Drew Hughes obviously defended from there and then scored from there uh last week against Purdue and it seems like a lot of Michigan State wrestlers are pretty comfortable there yeah and I I I don't know if it has if it comes from coach Miklas joining the staff if he's putting them in those situations, or if it was Coach Mahalik mm-hmm. from before he took the assistant coaching job at Campbell, was that something that they worked on uh, prior to him leaving? And to some extent, it's probably them wrestling each other, right? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's definitely uh, 165. I would give the edge to Amin, but I could see you giving it to Tucker, and I think it's going to be a pretty tight match. I do as well, but I, like I said, I'm ex- I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. I I really think, I just the Amins that that family to me is what they've been able to do for a wrestling program like Michigan, and to have them all go through that program, and it just must mean something different to compete at Michigan for those guys and. Think about what it's going to be like for him to wrestle against Michigan State. Mm-hmm. His whole family has wrestled. This, I wrestled in this duel, I think, three times. And it is when the Big Ten schedule comes out, nothing else matters. You can, they, They'll tell you you'll look for Penn State, for Iowa, for Minnesota. But the first duel you circle as a Spartan or as, we'll say as a Wolverine, I'm not sure that they look at it as important as we do, but... It's always Michigan, Michigan State. Where is it at? When is it? And who am I wrestling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 174, uh, Logan Massa coming off a tough loss. He'll be taking on probably Drew Hughes. What can you tell us about those guys? Yeah, I would. the last time they wrestled, Massa put up 25 points. He teched Drew Hughes 25 to 10 and I believe it was at the Michigan State Open I want to say yeah because I I remember watching the match in person and just thinking that the this is one of those losses that sticks with you when you give up 25 points it's one of those losses that you look back and say how did I give up 25 points it's just mentally and physically breaking and since then, what has Drew Hughes done to improve on his defense? What has he done to improve on his offense? And I don't know if he's done enough to improve on his defense or offense to cut down from giving up 25 points. Logan Massa, of course, coming off that that loss, uh, he's going to be looking for revenge. And unfortunately, Drew Hughes is the one that's on the other side of the line. But for Massa, you know he's not going to go down. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm blanking on who Drew Hughes wrestled from Purdue, but it, I think it was they, Emil Sunlin or something. Yeah, Emil Sunlin. He the Purdue coaches put Sunlin in the down position to start the third period, and that's not what you do against Drew oh, Hughes. Oh, I is that I, what happened? I, I I think I wasn't watching that carefully. I assumed Hughes took top. I want to say that Drew Hughes. I I. It could be wrong, but I was under the impression that Sunland took down. Wow. And that's, it's not, you're not going to get that when you're wrestling against Massa. Massa's going to know mm-hmm. exactly what's coming. And for him, the real danger is 
going in the down position. And if you can avoid that, uh, I think this is a clear win for Massa and a possible opportunity for bonus points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been tough to watch Drew Hughes. It, it seems like he just hasn't been fully healthy since his freshman year. He, um, you know, he was really fun to watch. I thought would get it, you know, get into bad positions and somehow avoid getting scored on. He would win a lot of matches from the top position. And since then, it seems like, like you said, he hasn't progressed the way you would hope. But I'm hoping he can kind of put it all together here his senior year. Yeah, it's one of those things that when guys know what you're going to do, you have to have some sort of secondary offense or secondary go-to move. And for Drew Hughes, it's the legs. And if he can get to it, he's great. But if someone gets out, he's not. you're not looking at an offensive threat. No one's going to be afraid of Drew Hughes on their feet. And that's something that I would have liked to see more of from a developmental standpoint is him getting to his shot because you know what that grip he has. If he gets to a leg, he's going to finish. But the problem for him is a lack of getting to a tie and a lack of getting to the shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tough to, um, you know, when you have something that works, it's tough to make yourself do something that at least at, at the level you're at isn't going to work for you and to, you know, fight through that, uh, through the, the phase of not being good at it. Yeah, and he, he was banged up from an injury standpoint mm-hmm. as well. So I mean, the one of the toughest parts about, and speaking from my experience, one of the toughest parts about coming back from an injury is getting that confidence back to where you were before. You don't want to try anything new, and you want to stick with what worked before, but for Hughes with that shoulder, it's I'm sure that's why he doesn't want to get it get to his offense is mm-hmm. it must be painful. After wrestling in the Big Ten for all these years, his body's banged up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um there's gonna be some I think good moments in this match, some you know, interesting scrambles, some positions that are worth taking a few watches on because they both do some kind of interesting things, but in terms of the winner of the match, I think it's all Massa. I, I do too. I think that's safe to say with that one. Not a betting man, but I will put some money on that one. Mm-hmm. At 184, Michigan, uh, it's a little bit unknown if it'll be Jaden Bullock, uh, who uh, I think is really a 74, but has done pretty well wrestling at 84, or Jelani Embry. Uh, who do we think it'll be for Michigan State? I'll... I think Malcheski mm-hmm. will go for the Spartans, um, and he's he's long, he's lanky. Uh, he was riding, I want to say, a three-match win streak uh, coming into the Purdue duel, and he has the potential to pick up bonus points. And for me, coming in when you when you look at the breakdown of this duel, it's really about who is going to be able to match the bonus points where Mason Paris is going to get. Mason Paris, 5-0 and this year, and has all five bonus points. So you look up and down the lineup, where can the Spartans pick up bonus points? And I think if there if there is any, it would have to be here at 184. Malcheski's long, he's lanky, uh, likes to cradle, and he does not like to give up points. And I can't say much for Jaden Bullock, other than he's from the Chesapeake area, so 10 minutes from my hometown. So I'm excited. I hope he wrestles just because Oscar Smith High School is uh, right down the road from my parents' house, so I would like to see a fellow Virginian do well, but uh, I would say Lane Malcheski would be favored against Embry or Bullock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the uh, kind of profile, the the guy who's hard to finish on, the guy who's good on top, I think is um is going to be big problems for either of those guys. You know, Embry was was the guy at eighty four uh, for the last couple of years. I think was probably not healthy, and so he didn't wrestle until last week against Ohio State. Uh, looked pretty competitive for the first minute and a half. Uh, was in on a leg, ended up getting taken down out of a scramble and then just completely demolished on the mat the rest of the way. 
And that's uh looks like something that could happen again if he were to go. Yeah, that's not where you want to be against a long and lanky guy like Malcheski. And mm. I know the Spartans have been high on Lane for a few years now. They they uh, they've been telling me this guy's going to be something special. Just pay attention to him. And coming out of high school, he wasn't that highly recruited. So, you know, I, I watch him here and there, and it's like, yeah, he has a glimpse of, he, yeah, he looks good here or there, but putting matches, you know, stringing a few matches together is what I want to see. Uh, but he's been able to do that this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe that's with Willie Miklas. I mean, he's now had Win Mahalik and Willie Miklas as coaches, so hopefully he was able to pick the brain of Win and is doing the same with Miklas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's had some really good wins this year. I think he's one of the, um, both for this year and for the future, one of the highest ceiling type of guys for Michigan State. And he's young, too. Yeah, he's a sophomore this year. Yeah, so... And these these the years get so screwed up now. I'm mm-hmm. I'm in three years. It's this guy's still. I feel like Sal Profaci. Yeah. I, I feel like Sal Profaci was 39 years old, still wrestling at Michigan. Like, how is this happening? And then he went to American, didn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like yeah, he had two or three years at Michigan, uh, and then yeah, last year was a graduate transfer to American. I feel like that's how. These guys are going to be mm-hmm. in a couple of years down the road. He's graduating yeah, well, college I, I at think 27. Because his, uh, his brother also wrestled for Michigan State, right? Malchewski? Uh, yeah, Austin Malchewski, I think. I believe they're cousins. Oh, okay. Because I, I feel like I, I see the name like, what, that guy? Oh, it's the other one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 197, Miles Amin is finally back. He's going to be wrestling at this weight, taking on Cam Caffey. How do you see this one going? Oh, this is going to be this. It's going to be exciting. Mm-hmm. Miles Mean, of course, the Olympian, fifth place finisher at the World Championships. I mean, he's just a history maker. San Marino's athlete of the year last year. You name it, and he has accomplished it. But the one thing that's missing from his resume is an NCAA title, three-time All-American, and. There's you just can't say much more than he is a great dude, a great wrestler, a great person, part of a great family. But Cam Caffey's no joke. Uh, Cam he's ranked top ten in the country right now, and Caffey was a part of that junior world team along with Peyton Amania back in Estonia. But yeah, the thing with Caffey is. What happens when he gets down late in a match? What is his go-to takedown? Because you see those those super ducks and the flashy stuff that he likes to do, and that's not something that's going to work on a guy like Miles Amin. So what is what offensive move is Cam Caffey going to bring out to pick up a takedown on Miles Amin? I, it's going to be close, but I would say Amin has the advantage here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, actually went to the duel last year, Michigan State against Rutgers, where he got upset by Billy Janzer, and that was one of the most frustrating matches I've ever, I have ever seen. It it looked like he was so much better in every position. Oh, I do gave remember up, that. Gave up a takedown early and basically just didn't have anything after that where Janzer could you know shut it down. He's pretty good defensively. You know, Caffey kept trying to work off of overhooks and stuff, and it just wasn't working. Uh, ended up getting giving up kind of a counter takedown late. But um, yeah, he, he's, a, he's a skilled wrestler. He's had some really good results, especially towards the end of last year. Uh, what did you make of Amin's performance over the weekend? He seemed a little bit underwhelming, I think, to some people. Yeah, new weight. Uh, I, he's been off. I'm trying to think of... When would have been the last time he competed? And I want to say, well, he it would was have at been... the RTC Cup in December. Yeah, and then before that was I think it was the... a while. Yeah, European. He might have done Europeans in February of 2020, right? Yeah. So he he finished in second place, but to have a handful of matches from February until now, 
it's going to take, you know, you could be the best guy in the world, but still it's going to be some time. Because you could be in shape, right? But there's nothing like wrestling shape. So you could run, you can condition, you can lift as much as you want, but until you're faced with another dude who is just as strong as you and who is ready to go seven full minutes, the only recipe for that is to get out there and compete. It's like Conor McGregor, right? Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier. Poirier had countless hours in the octagon, and Conor McGregor looked terribly rusty. So I don't chalk it up to anything. It's just him getting back in the groove of things. Mm -hmm. And especially with... um... It seemed like a fairly serious hand injury with the amount of tape he had on that. That he probably hadn't been getting much live wrestling in the room either. So I can see that. Just needing some time to get his timing back, get his feel back, get his confidence back. Yeah, get those sea legs out from underneath him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, um, th- like uh, like we said at 165 and 74, there's going to be some, some scrambles in this one. You say, hmm, how'd that happen? Got to watch that again. <laughs> uh who uh do you do you want to give a prediction for this match or just say it's going to be a close one uh i'll go a mean six three mm-hmm. yeah that, that sounds about right i can see maybe a, a takedown or two for kathy i would say maybe something like seven five for a mean uh moving yeah, on uh 120 or uh <laughs> I'm, I'm saying freestyle numbers. Uh, 285, heavyweight. Mason Paris uh, taking on, do we think it'll be uh, Christian, uh, was it Rabatero, Rebatero? Rebatero, yeah. This is, I think, bonus point alley for mm-hmm. the Wolverines. Mason Paris is, he's wrestling on another level. He just continues to grow uh, mentally, physically. I mean, you look at him and it's, He's. You hear about all the hard work that he puts in, but you can see it whenever he steps out on the mat. He's. It's. We haven't seen too many heavyweights wrestle like Mason Paris, and I'm guessing he's going to get to that dump that he's made so successful that won him a junior world title. I mean, if you can pin a guy like Zari from Iran with that dump, I don't think Christian Ribotaro is going to be too much of trouble for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, what um, what do you think it, are his odds of qualifying for the national tournament this year? Rebataro? Yeah. Oh man, I'm not sure to be honest. Because he, he was he was kind of on the bubble last year, wasn't he? Yeah. Ended I'll up have losing to go back to, and look um, at Jensen in the go-to match, I think. Wisconsin or Nebraska? Uh, Nebraska. Yeah. I'll have to go back mm-hmm. and look. But yeah, I, I'm just curious because it seems like Michigan State has a few wrestlers who are kind of on the line there where, you know, could end up with a, a really high number of qualifiers and have it be a good season, but a bad, you know, Saturday, at, what is it? I don't, I don't even know because it's different at every weight, I guess, what the go-to match is, but one where – you know him. You know maybe at a weight like forty one, could uh, could really go either way. But in the thing about the Spartans, if you look back historically, over the last ten years, uh-huh. it's just been so difficult to get out of the Big Ten Championship yeah. because you wrestle in the one or two seed, the first match. Right. It's. It, I want. I guarantee that Michigan State has wrestled more, and that comes from. Of course, your regular season performances, but I just, it's so difficult because you, brackets come out and you're like, 125, oh, dang, he Spencer Lee first match. Mm-hmm. 133, oh, dang, he's wrestling number one seed first match. And it's it's tough. You, yeah. you have to find a way to get a win on the backside of the bracket and string a couple together and haven't been able to do that. I hope this year is different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so overall, you've uh, mentioned a couple times Michigan State needs to find ways to make up the bonus points for Mason Paris. Any overall predictions for this duel in terms of team score or in terms of uh, kind of key matches? Uh, 
Yeah, I would say the key match would be 157-165. Those yeah. are must-wins for the Spartans. Uh, I think that the Spartans could pull out three wins. Uh, I don't have a score in mind, but I would say total would be seven in favor of the Wolverines and mm-hmm. three in favor of the Spartans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess um, in, in terms of team score, it's it's probably you have to give the edge to Michigan, but are there any kind of key things to look for in this duel? I know that Michigan was heavily out-attacked mm-hmm. by the Penn State Nittany Lions last weekend. So I expect the Wolverines to not be so hesitant to get to their offense. When you looked at the offensive numbers, they were... I could pull them up real mm-hmm. fast. It was 71 offensive attacks for Penn State compared to 46 for the Wolverines. So if you want to win this duel, you have to go out and attack. You can't sit back and wait for Michigan State to come at you. It has to be the other way around. And this is senior night for the Spartans. So keeping your emotions under control from start to finish, it's going to be an emotional duel and during an emotional year. So making sure that you stay on top of it uh, emotionally is going to be key heading into this weekend. Mm-hmm. If you could take uh, any wrestler off of Michigan's team uh, and put him into Michigan State's lineup, either just for this year or maybe a younger guy looking ahead to the future, uh, who would it be? Oh, that's a great question. Man, I would say Mason Paris. Uh-huh. Does that work? Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, I... I'm, I'm a big fan. I just think, mm-hmm. from everything you hear to everything you see, he's he's one of those guys that truly get it. There's some guys that, and I'll, I'll give you a quick story. I was at the World Championships in Nur Sultan, Kazakhstan, and prior to that, I had went into Bana, and me being a Spartan, um, I hadn't ever been to Bana, and. It was just amazing. They took me on a tour and showed me around the whole facility. And I was talking to Miles Amin in Kazakhstan, and I said to him, how do you not succeed at a school like Michigan when you have all that? And he just said to me, you don't succeed because you come to a school because of all that. So it's everything that, you come there for the weight facility. You come there for the nice wrestling room, the shiny weights, the big standalone facility. And to me, that's not why Mason Paris is there. Mason Paris is there to wrestle, to get better. He doesn't care about the other stuff that comes with it. And that really stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's um, that's interesting, but that definitely makes sense. I think you've seen that in his wrestling, in his development over the years. Uh, before we go, do you have any wrestling match that you recommend all the listeners go and watch? Oh, yeah. So one of my favorite matches of all time is uh, it gets a little international on you. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, That's good. Arthur Nifonov, who defeated Miles Amin in the European Championships, mm-hmm. uh, he won his first European title back in 2018. Uh, and I was in Dagestan, Russia for this match, and Arthur Nifonov is from Russia, but he's was wrestling Shumil Kudiai Magomedov, who was born in Russia, raised in Dagestan, but wrestles for Italy. So you have a Russian versus an Italian-Russian. Now, Kudiai Magomedov was beating Nifonov in Russia, and the crowd was going absolutely insane for an Italian. And if you understand the background of what I just told you, to see the crowd going crazy against a Russian and in favor of an Italian, uh, it was it was something that I still watch it all the time just because it gets me pumped up to see. The crowd was going crazy, but yeah, that was... 
that would be a match to watch if you haven't already seen it. 2018 European Championships, 86 kilos, the quarterfinals. Excellent. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't like to do this to, um, you know, praise the enemy team, especially a, a rival like Michigan State. But I, uh, I really like watching Rayvon Foley wrestle, and I really like his, his effort and his attitude. So I'll pick his, uh, his round of 12 match last year against Sean Russell from Minnesota. Eric, that um, oh, go ahead. That was before um, Oregon State. Was, who did he wrestle? I think he wrestled Bresser in the, the seventh place match. That's also a good one. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, that, that one was actually probably a better match. I think he ended up majoring him, right? Yeah, that one was one that, I mean, I, I'm i a, a massive Rayvon Foley fan. My daughters are. My wife would leave me for Rayvon. But that one was one, him against Bresser, I had no confidence. I just mm-hmm. was like, you know what? It's one of those matches where you're already, you're already All-American. I mean, Bresser was, has a win over Spencer Lee. He's one of those guys that, you're just like, ah, what? what's the difference between 7th and 8th? But I guess that Bresser felt the same way, and Rayvon put a solid seven minutes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, where can the people find you and your work online? Um, anything uh, on unitedworldwrestling.org. Um, follow anything. Uh, my social media channels are all at Eric Olinowski, but... I'd appreciate it if you follow United World Wrestling on all social media channels. That'll help me out, uh, boost our numbers, and hopefully make me look good. Mm-hmm. And you do your uh, workouts to raise money for wrestling charities. Do you have a? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so right now we are nearing uh, sixty-seven hundred dollars, uh, and I set a goal. At the beginning of 2021, to raise $1,000 for wrestling-related charities uh, by trying to work out 200 days straight until the Olympic Games. Um, and right now, we're at $6,659. Uh, so how it works is people are just sponsoring a workout with a small donation, uh, and 100% of the proceeds will go to... Uh, wrestling-related charity. I'm working with eight of them. So as of right now, we're around $900 going to the eight different charities. Uh, And we still have 153 days left. So as much as possible, I'd like to raise. And like I said, 100%, I'm not taking a dime. I'm working out once a day at least, sometimes twice a day just to raise money. And yeah, that's, that's what I have. That's awesome. I think we really appreciate you, um, you know, continuing to you know make these kind of sacrifices for wrestling. And I think that's something really cool about wrestling is how much, how much it inspires people, how dedicated people become. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm, I've received countless messages of people saying it's, you know, what what I'm doing is inspiring them to get back to a workout, uh, just. Once, twice a week, anything, as long as we can help build the sport in some way, uh, then I'm I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Eric, uh, thanks for your time. Maybe we'll uh, talk to you again next year. Sounds good. Thank you for your time. All right, see you, everybody.